All right, welcome back, Freedom Chasers. Have you ever felt the weight of burnout and yearn for change? Today's guest embodies that transformation. From exhausting the corridors of IT management consulting to the thrilling heights of online business success, a journey of resilience, passion, and a zest for life, let's dive deep into the story of Cheryl Cooper, a testament to what's possible when you chase freedom. Cheryl, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And that bio really does uh, encompass the journey that I've been on for the last couple of years. Really does. Absolutely. So I am super excited to talk with you about a number of things. But as we were talking about pre-show, we do have a large amount of real estate agents that listen to the show. And we'd love to get into mindfulness practice. I think this would be a great practice for any real estate agent to incorporate into their life. But let's go into it like they don't know what it means. So in your definition, what does mindfulness mean to you? Mindfulness to me means taking time out, basically, right? Time out to be very focused and bring awareness to where you are in this moment. And that can happen in so many different ways. It can happen through meditation. It can happen in walking meditations. It can happen through communication. It's really about awareness. It can happen through listening. There are so many facets to it, but all in all, I don't remember John Kabat-Zinn's exact definition of it, but it is focused attention and mindful awareness. Yeah, I love that. I think a lot of people overcomplicate this thing. Um, a lot of them think it, it needs to be meditation. And I encourage anybody to try because it's worth it. It is a practice, though, and it's a lot harder than it looks like. Um, but it is it doesn't have to be meditation. And I think that's something that people often get wrong. So um, we'll dive into meditation, of course, because I don't think you could have a mindfulness conversation without it. But let's talk about some of the easier strategies to get into. You mentioned um, mindful walking and things of that nature. What are some actionable steps people can be taking today that would increase their mindfulness? So my favorite, if you all see me at all on Instagram, you will see me doing mindful walks. I get out every single day, almost. I take that back because right now in Atlanta, Georgia, or the East Coast, I guess all over the world, it's hotter than, not everywhere, but it's hotter than, I can't say the other word. And um so I get out almost every single day and do a mindfulness walk that sets the tone for what my day can look like. I do it in the morning. I make sure to look up at the sky, check out what's happening around me, listen to the birds. And it's an easy practice to implement every single day. It's nothing, no rocket science other than putting on your tennis shoes or whatever's comfortable for you to use and getting your butt outside into nature and taking a walk. And and you know what? I say that, but recently I did a, a practice with a group of people on the Mindful Leader team, and we talked about doing mindfulness indoors, and I led a mindfulness meditation indoors. So it can be done anywhere. And then other actionable things, listening. Mindful listening is very important aspect of mindfulness, and it'll help you so much in your relationships at home and at work. Mm -hmm. Mindful communications, paying attention to the one thing like you and I right here, right now, you're it. That's all that's going on. My telephone is over here, turned down and turned off, mm -hmm. right? 
So I'm focused right now just on this subject. So it's that mindful awareness and focused attention that's really important. There's mindful journaling. Man, I could go on and on. <laughs> well, absolutely. I think um, one of the easiest and simplest way to simplify mindfulness is it's just being aware and present in now. Um, I think a lot of people focus too much of their, way too much of their energy on their past. A lot of people are pulling back trauma and focusing on things that, um, not to say that they don't have validity, but they're they're dragging them down. And a lot of people spend way too much time in the future, which is, I'm certainly a weak weakness to that part. And it's just like, focus on today a little bit. Like you mentioned on the walk, it's like, just go out and experience nature. Listen to the birds a little bit. Um, <laughs> smell the roses, so to speak. Yeah. Like a lot of people just don't do that. Yeah. Um, I'm doing something right now. It's called PQ. Um, um, oh, I forget what the P stands for. Uh, shoot. Sorry about that. I'll, I'll give it to you later and you can add it in. But what it does is we disrupt our processes in our everyday life a couple of times throughout the day. We get a reminder that pops up on our phone and the disruptor activities is something like rubbing our fingers together and feeling your fingertips and feeling the, the um, granularity of our fingertips and then rubbing it. And it just totally disrupts your mind from doing what you were doing and then brings you back into focus on what you are supposed to be doing. And they, they have, it's just called PQ reps. It's a really cool tool. I'll give you some more information about it. You can share with the audience later. Very cool. Um, very cool. Um, so let's get into meditation a little bit. Um, and let's preface this by saying, um, let's go into the why before the how. Why should people consider meditation? Meditation, when you learn to process it properly can help you to quiet your mind and create a sense of peace and tranquility in your lives. It really can. It can, it can do so many things. It can reduce your stress level. It can help you to focus, increase your productivity, help you to find and set manifestations. It can do so many things. But to get to that level, you have to start with little bite-sized chunks. Many people want to become um, mindful and participate in meditation, and they jump right in thinking, oh, I can do this 30-minute meditation. No, our minds are too busy. We have thousands and thousands of thoughts that flow through our mind every minute of the day. And so when you really begin to learn how to do your own personal practice of meditation, you can get to that place where it'll take you and it transcends you and it'll help you um, quiet your body. But to start, the best way to start is with just a couple of minutes a day. First thing in the morning, in the evening, once you find that place where you can get quiet and um, kind of rest your mind then increase it more and more and more. And then it kind of becomes, um, I don't want to use the word addiction, but it becomes like 
one of those dopamine hits that you need to have to keep your day at peace, your night at peace, get great rest and all of that. So hopefully I answered your question because I can just ramble about it. It transformed my life, right? I was a stressed out IT management consultant traveling the world and on project teams were driven by um, deadlines, just like you guys are in real estate, right? You get that hit where it's like, okay, we got to get this done. We got to know if we're going to make the sale. If we can't make the sale, then what's going to happen? And our our cortisol and all of that goes crazy. But when you can practice mindfulness and take a moment and just be like, you know what? Let me take a minute to breathe. Mm-hmm. Reset my parasympathetic or sympathetic system, whatever system it is, you know, and then you can go forward and and just calm your body down. I just kind of rambled on it, but I love this stuff, right? I rambled on it. Oh, you're totally fine. Um, <laughs> no worries. Um, so you mentioned a few times that it's a practice, and I think that's so, so important because um, it's not something you could just roll into. Like you said, I can't just meditate for an hour a day straight up because that's a great way to set yourself up for failure. Um, so you mentioned kind of tapering upwards um, and starting slow and working your way up. Um, can we get a little bit more granular on that? What would that look like? So the way that I started doing it was with an app. I started by looking through Insight Timer and finding five-minute meditations that were available. I prefer, and there are many different ways of doing it, but I prefer a guided meditation. There was a gentleman on there, David G. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but he was amazing. His voice was relaxing for me. So I started with like five minutes and it was painful, right? It was painful. My brain was all over the place. Like, what are you doing? Why are you trying this? You know, this is, you know, I could get real deep on that. This is this is against your religion or is it, or maybe it's not even about religion. You know, it was all of those thoughts that went on, but I kept at it every day. I'd wake up and try it again because I was so stressed out. I had to do something or else, you know, I would suffer additional consequences besides the sickness that I was already feeling. And I had heard so much about mindfulness. I was like, let me just try this. And on the app itself, you start to see it becomes like a gamified experience. You get to see that you've got five minutes, then 10 minutes a day, and then you get up to 66,000 minutes. And you're like, oh, we, you know, it's the dopamine, the happiness side of that. So that's how my practice started. Eventually, I got up to 15 minutes, to 20 minutes, to 30 minutes. Now I do about an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening. And my mindfulness walks. And, you know, throughout the day, I practice some type of mindfulness just to keep me on track when stressing out and going through things. So, Absolutely. Um, I would encourage people to check out guided meditations, too. I am a huge, there's one 15-minute guided meditation from Alan Watts. And that guy has a voice of silk. Um, <laughs> he's a great guy to start with. Um, there's only one of them. If you Google Alan Watts guided in meditation, that was, it's still my favorite one after years of doing it. Um, 
So I think a lot of people put pressure on themselves, especially yeah. in meditation. They're like, oh, no, I must not be doing this right. Um, so I don't want to give my opinion on that. What would you say to somebody that keeps telling themselves that? Stop it. <laughs> just stop it and believe in the fact that it just takes time. Just like any, just like when we're working out and doing reps in the gym and all of that, it takes the repetition of practice every day, multiple times a day or whatever works for you to begin to build your own personal practice that works for you. And I want to emphasize that over and over again, because we see so many people teaching us how to do mindfulness, but it's a really personalized practice, things that make you feel good, things that help to lower your stress and improve your quality of life is what you do. So if it starts out and you've got a lot of brain chatter going on, just know that that's okay and push through, find something that brings you comfort during your meditation, whether it's music or guided meditations or breath work, start there and then find comfort and then move forward with increasing your time frame. Absolutely. Um, 100% agreed. Um, the fact that you're simply doing it is a win, in my opinion. Um, just continue showing up and you will figure things out over time. Yeah. You can't figure things out without giving it the time. It absolutely requires the time. And you know, the thing that's really cool that I actually got my certification in is, is mindfulness in the workplace mm -hmm. and bringing that into your workplace. And it doesn't have to be that you only practice mindfulness at home or, you know, in a quiet space, you can practice mindfulness with your eyes open. And the workplace is a great place to interject that type of experience, you know, with real estate agents again, or brokers or organizations. Taking a moment, going to a space at the coffee room and getting a cup of coffee, grabbing your cup of coffee. I'll do water as an example, taking a sip. Actually feeling yourself swallow it, the warmth of the water on your tongue, the taste of the coffee, all of that is mindfulness, you know? So you can practice mindfulness. And what it's doing is just changing the programming in your brain to come out of that fight or flight mode and come into a place of being present. Absolutely. So you have alluded to this a little bit. You mentioned that you were very stressed out before when you were doing IT management and consulting. Tell me a little bit more about that story and then what kind of led you to where you are today? So I worked as a management consultant or somebody in IT role for 25 plus years, working for companies like Deloitte & Touche, IBM, Coca-Cola, Stryker, Wipro, all very high performing organizations that require you to work at a certain standard. In addition to that, I was a road warrior, right? So I traveled the world and that part, you know, you think it's fun, but it really does a wear and tear on your body, meeting the deadlines for flights, getting your bags in and out of the cars, figuring out what hotel you're going to be in. I traveled solo as a female, unsafe quite a bit ending up in places where I was faced with microaggressions all the time, 
being a woman of color and the only woman on a team more often than not. So there was this constant buildup of trauma and stress that hit me. And finally, um, I was always doing a side hustle, chasing that freedom, right? I've always been, I've been a coach for a very long time and always had a, a side business where I was doing that as well. So high performer, I guess I'm an A-type personality if you have to put something on it and not taking enough time to take care of myself, breathe and um, just relax enough. I didn't even know what relaxing was until the last year and a half or so. So it was an accumulation of stress and I had to find a way to live literally. I hit a wall where I had a, a health scare, experienced um, vertigo at a level that was crazy, crazy every single day. Didn't know how I was going to get out of that. Didn't know if I'd be able to swim again. You know, just the things, the life pressure, pleasures. And I was like, I got this. I am going to choose mindfulness as my medicine and began to do it. Everyone who listens to our show knows Matt and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times you have watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. And the results prove this. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secret that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is why we have opened up a few one-on-one -on -one coaching slots with Freedom Chasers Coaching, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are and where you want to go and most importantly, how you want to get there, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are, where you want to go, and how you want to get there. The benefit of working with Matt and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 successful people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten the inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We are able to work with you to pick the strategy that will fit the best and then help you create the custom plan and steps to take you quickly into financial freedom. The fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Okay. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm, uh, how did that transition look? Um, it sounds like you kind of had an epiphany moment. You said you were pushed against the wall, so to speak. Um, what actions did you take to not only, um, you know, I think when, when somebody says I was, I was pushed against the wall, like a rat backed into a corner, it's often a defensive position. Um, but it's not always, obviously, because you're talking mindfulness here. I would hope you didn't lash out in that degree. Um, let, let's talk about that. Well, I was in the midst of COVID, so I was isolated as a single person. Fortunately, I was isolated, but unfortunately, I was isolated. And it meant that I needed to sit down. 
stop doing as much as I was doing, even if it was online, because when COVID hit, I was like, well, that's cool. I'm going to launch my Kajabi business. I can help people get their online businesses up and running, create online courses. And I kept going, 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 going. And finally, with the dizziness that set in, I could not, I had to sit down. I had to take a pause. And when I did that, I had to reflect on my life what it looked like to me and what I wanted it to look like for the future. And I basically ended up quiet quitting out of corporate America. I didn't know that's what was happening at the time and eventually left my role as an IT management consultant working for one of the largest IT organizations in the world and took time to heal. And with healing came daily meditation, daily mindfulness walks, um, connections and communities with people that were practicing mindfulness, getting a certification through Mindful Leader on um, 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 Certified Workplace Mindfulness and MBSR, MBSR, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. That's where I started. And that's when I knew I was going to turn my life around and use mindfulness as a tool to help me and help others turn their lives around. Absolutely. So let's transition into that. Um, I know you're, you're big on helping people. So why does anybody need a business coach? Because if you don't, you just end up flopping back and forth, trying to figure out where you're going and you need the accountability. Generally, I work with people that are startup businesses, and they have no idea what it takes to run a business. They just know that they want the freedom. They know that the possibility of making a good amount of money is there, and they want to get out of the rat race of, of giving their lives to corporations when they could use the skills that they could bet on themselves to use for themselves and take care of their families. So... A business coach can help you save time, save money, create strategy, accountability, and hopefully profitability. It's an important caveat there. Hopefully, it is a jungle out there. It is not easy to get a business rolling. I think 91% of businesses don't make it, which is crazy. Um, but I encourage anybody that doesn't make it, if you find yourself in that 91%, try again. Um, it's totally worth it. Um, it is a self-discovery journey, the entrepreneur's journey. Right? Like the more you understand yourself, the better you go through the process and, and the more skilled you become in so many facets of life. Um, so what would you say to anybody struggling out there or whatever you wanted to say? Sorry for jumping in there. No, that's a perfect question, actually, because that's what I was going to say. You know, like the entrepreneur journey is not for the weak at heart. It just isn't. I used to think, you know, when I was doing it side hustling, it was a lot easier side hustling because I knew I had an income to fall back on. But if you're going to come into a full time role as an entrepreneur, number one, you need to have your mindset right. You need to understand the power of an entrepreneur mindset. You need to understand the processes that are needed in order to launch a successful business to niche, to become niched in your business, if that's what you want to do, and have a clear understanding of your sales funnel. And when I talk about sales funnel, it's from the beginning to the end. That could be like you want to meet people in networking 
and give them your card and then have a coffee with them. And when you have a coffee with them, you want to follow up with an email. And then after you have the email with them, you want to do an offering of your services or product. And then you get the sale and it's relationship building. And you need to have some strong systems in place. You know, today people, if you don't have a website chances or a link tree or something that people can check check you out on using technology, people aren't going to believe in you. They're not going to think that you're the expert that you may be. So have those things in place. And I can help you set up a website in the Kajabi system and create an all-in-one platform that takes care of everything you need. It's got um, email marketing, landing pages, website, um, um, content, create uh, not content, your contacts, everything is in that place. But yeah, set up your sales funnel, understand what your business is, know who your ideal client is, and create your journey. Absolutely. I love create your journey because that's what it's all about. I mean, you get to select exactly what you want to do, who you want to work with, which is so important. I mean, it's almost the most important thing. You can't truly create a business if you don't know exactly who you want to talk to and who you want to help. And and as you alluded to already, and people don't do this enough in real estate, by the way, um, it's niching down. It's not just, I help anybody that wants to buy or sell a house. That's tremendous. But every other real estate agent's doing that. If you just say, I am the first time buyer guy, um, that sets you apart and it attracts first time buyers too. Um, so let's talk about niching down and, and dialing in the who. Um, let's let's just say, what kind of steps would you take to identify who somebody would want to work with? So what I do, and this is in the last several months, I go to I, um, AI. I'm a huge proponent of chat GPT, good, bad, or indifferent. This is the world that we're living in. And I go in there and I set up a conversation with ChatGPT saying, this is what I want to do. This is the age, the demographics that I want to work with. These are the psychographics that I want to work with. And this is the product offering that I have, whether it be a product of service or an actual online course, checklist, something of that nature. And tell ChatGPT kind of what you are looking for and ask it to give you feedback on what your ideal client looks like. And it will give you all of that information and more. It's a pretty, you know, it's an awesome tool to use for the right things. Tremendous caveat there. I think a lot of people think that chat GPT is going to do everything for them. It's going to do all the heavy lifting. I just need to give it a simple prompt and it's going to do all the work. No. And I think people doing that are using it wrong. I mean, it's tremendous in market research in almost any capacity, but what it's going to do is it's going to give you a plethora, a plethora of information and not all of it is useful. <laughs> so you do need to put in a filter to chat GPT, number one. Um, but also like, I feel like it's the best, um, it's the best cure for writer's block in the world and really any idea generation. Um, so I think a lot of people, like it's not going to write your copy for you perfect. It'll give you a great outline. Um, and it'll, Correct. and it'll get you 80% of the way there sometimes, but you do need, yeah. that, that needs a human touch. It absolutely needs a human touch. And now in mine, it knows what I'm, you know, it's, it's gotten to know me because it's generative AI 
And um, so it's starting to sound the same. But the other point that I want to make about using ChatGPT is that you have to be careful when you do market research and make sure that the content is accurate. Just because it spits out statistics for you or give you guidelines or whatever it is, you need to go back and validate that information as well. And the other one that I want to point out is it is a great, great tool for the solopreneur, entrepreneur person. It has up-leveled my content 100%. I can spit out programs, concepts, write courses for, for my clients, all of that with the help of ChatGPT now versus me trying to dump out of my brain the, the details of the content, right? You can't just write with it without having a concept or an idea of what you're going after. And then to become a prompt engineer and understand how to get ChatGPT to feed back to you what you need, you need to be very logical in your thought processes about what it is that you're trying to do. So if you're trying to write a, a program on how to become the best first-time um, buyer real estate agent, you need to have the sequence of ideas of what it takes to do that and then put it into ChatGPT and it'll create landing pages for you or, you know, marketing material for you. I could go on and on about ChatGPT. It's one of my favorite things. I call it my boyfriend. <laughs> That's funny. I call it my best friend. Um, so <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> Just like, oh, it's a personal assistant and all sorts of things all wrapped into one. Yes. Um, it is an amazing thing. I love how you said prompt engineer. Um, yeah. That's exactly what it is. I think most people using it are not using it correctly. It's like if you're not getting the output you're looking for, you're not giving it the right inputs is what I like to tell people. Um, and and yes, yeah, speaking logically and not emotionally is something you need to do because it is a computer. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is, there's a lot of tools for that too. YouTube, you know, tools for chat GPT or apps for chat GPT. If you're not a real logical thinker and, and, and not familiar with how to build, you know, online content, um, there's a lot of tools out there for it. I can't think of one that I use anymore because now I'm totally hooked on chat GPT itself. I use it on my phone. Not a great idea, right? Because it's with you all the time and you're always in it. My, I got, I got a trigger thumb from using it so much. <laughs> Absolutely. That is tremendous advice. So, um, I know you specialize in helping people with online course creations and Kajabi in particular. So we have a ton of people in the audience that are coaching agents and things like that. So let's talk about how, um, what you do in that capacity would be helpful to them. So I do it all in Kajabi. I do it all. Right. Like I help people design online courses, help you design your website, sales funnels and coach you on how to use Kajabi itself. Many people think that Kajabi is like the be all end all, which it can be. And we, we profess that it's an easy tool to use. But if you're not tech savvy, hire somebody else that knows how to do the tech. And then come to them and let them design it for you, get it done so that you can go out and do what you're best at. What I find is that clients come to me wanting to be the tech person, but they're not tech savvy. And they've wasted tens of thousands of dollars trying to get there. 
So, but Kajabi itself is an all-in-one platform. It will allow you to build your website, blog posts, landing pages, sales funnels, email marketing, your um, contacts, podcast, communities. Um, I feel like I'm missing something. It's everything you need. In, oh, courses, online courses. Um, I ended up there because I did my I did like three or four websites trying to get to where I wanted to get to. And I wanted a membership and I was on a WordPress site that I had spent $10,000 on. And it was beautiful, but I couldn't do, um, I couldn't do anything on it. Sorry. I couldn't do anything on it without having to get a WordPress expert to help me. So I, I wanted to do an online course and a membership program. I checked out Kajabi and I built my own site within a day or two. Again, just know, you know, I have an IT background from the side of working with the IT teams that are in in um, offshore and then being the person that t- kind of advises them on what to do. So I don't write HTML code or CSS code or anything like that. But Kajabi is kind of like a plug and play and you can you can get in there and build it yourself or with some guidance from a coach like me. You can get a site and everything you need built in a short period of time. It's amazing what you can do nowadays, right? It's funny because you mentioned WordPress and I was messing around with WordPress like 13 years ago and it seemed very easy at the time because at that time you needed to have HTML and CSS skills and WordPress was the plugin that could get you around that. And nowadays one of my clients has WordPress and I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I I can't believe I used to do this. It's it's so crazy how user-friendly things like Kajabi are and like, I'd say go high levels a little bit different, but it's similar. You can do a lot of things there. Yeah. Um, It's just crazy how user-friendly things are. Yeah. And and like Kajabi is not the only tool, right? There's Teachable, there's Go High Level, there's Duda, there's Wix, there's a bunch of, there's a plethora of options. I just chose Kajabi and stuck with it and mastered it, became one of the expert, uh, a Kajabi expert. There you go. So let's talk about like online courses or, or really let's just say a course in particular um, like, what do you think most people are, are getting wrong when they go and they set out to create a course? They jump right in without doing an outline for the course and understanding exactly what they want to teach. What is the final outcome of what you want the user to have or your your customers to pick up? So I say start with an outline and get that outline. Use chat GPT as your friend um, to create your outline. There's a certain set of prompts that you need to do inside of ChatGPT to get it to work properly. Um, but again, it's it's back to that logical sequence of activities on what you want to teach. So get the outline and then think it through. Go back into ChatGPT and ask it to build each section inside of that outline. So for example, if I was going to do something on creating a sales funnel, you know, start out with what is a sales funnel? And then what are five steps that need to be done to complete a sales funnel? And then it would outline what those five steps are and then go back in and say, give me more detail on how to complete 
this portion of the outline. And so I use ChatGPT for my personal ones and I also coach my clients on how to use it or build them for them. Absolutely. And then asking for more details is it sounds so simple, right? But it's actually crucial to the ChatGPT process because I mean, it's like an assistant. It's like a person. You can literally talk to it like a person at times and it'll it'll do what you want to do. Um, so I'm curious because you mentioned having an important outline. It's great. Um, do you encourage people to sell prior to building? Because I think a lot of people, um, I would say probably the majority of people, they have this tremendous idea that they want but they want it and there's no other market besides themselves. Um, so I wouldn't have anybody do anything, especially as intensive as creating an online course without getting some direct market feedback first. What would be your, your response? I agree with you 100%. And I have an organization that I work with that does this sales page I gen, um, uh, generator. And in order to determine whether or not you are doing a product launch that's worthy, you have to go through this process. And I encourage everybody to either if you have an organization, an online membership or an online group like Facebook group or something like that, run a survey by them and see if what your vision is for your course is something that people will buy. That's the that's the biggest thing. Run that survey by people, your friends, your families. You can do a, uh, um, uh, what's the name of that thing? Something monkey, survey monkey, poll. You could do a poll if you're in the middle of a podcast with people, you know, in a group, a, a Facebook group. Ask your niche, your niche, the people in your niche if they're interested in the idea that you have before you build the course. And if not, then ask them what they are looking for. Absolutely. I love how you said niche there, because that is the way my brain always wants to say. (laughs) And I always feel like I'm speaking wrong, but then I'm like, but the riches are in the niches and it sounds better that way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um. All right. Very cool. So I would love to talk about some some best practices, too. We talked about what they shouldn't do, um, but what are some things they absolutely should do? For building your online course? Absolutely. Yeah. What would be a best practice? Again, outline. Under Well, first, what is your idea? Explore your idea. You could Google. You can do a Google search to see what comes up on that same type of idea and determine if there's a large amount of people, if there's a short amount of people. You could go inside of um, Amazon and just type in your idea and see if there are a lot of books already out there or any content already out there. On that, if there's a high number or low number, if there's a low number, it might be something that you want to explore. If it's a high number, you might want to explore too, but just put a twist on it. Um Again, I'd survey the organizations that I'm a part of, like if you're part of a chamber or um, a Facebook group. And then once you figure out what it is that you want to do, then run it and and you're pretty confident that it's going to be something that could be profitable. I'm not going to say everything's profitable. Then I would run the concept through ChatGPT, get your outline, build the, the information I said, then run that back through your 
organizations that you had visited before and check with them and see if that outline is working. If it seems like it's good content, then build the course, then market it. I don't know that you have to have the full course built. You could just have your outline built and you can start to market it. And and even in ChatGPT, you can run through um, a search for SEO qualifiers. That's not the right word, but seeing if it's get the words that would make it SEO optimized and then um, build it, build it in Kajabi with me. <laughs> Just had to say that. <laughs> so I said, that was the perfect lead in. So, I mean, obviously, <laughs> Carol, you are a wealth of information on mindfulness, building online courses, business coaching. Um, I know for a fact that there's a ton of real estate agents that are building out stuff in Kajabi right now. If they wanted to get in touch with Cheryl Cooper, what would be the best way for them to do so? They can find me at thecherylcooper.com is my website. Website. So the, the, I don't know which way you do it. T-H-E-C-H-E-R-Y-L-C-O-O-P-E-R.com. You can go there and opt in for a conversation down at the bottom of the page. I think I can, I even offer a free um, 30 minute consultation. You can find me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, at the Cheryl Cooper. And if you want to, you could just send me an email and say at info at the Cheryl Cooper and ask me any questions. I'd love to share my knowledge with you. All right. There you have it. Cheryl Cooper, um, thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business. And to those of you out there chasing freedom, freedom is accomplished one action at a time. I'm giving you homework in this episode because you have very actionable advice. Um, Go out and take a walk. Just go listen to the world around you. Um, Don't think about the future. Don't think about the past. Spend a moment to smell the roses and you will thank yourself. Um, Tell somebody that you know will help hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 